Well, it's five o'clock, so you just go ahead and call this meeting to order. Jamie, if you want to do roll call. Ready? Uh, here. Bernie? Here. Terry? Here. Mailer? Here. We get to I'm here. Move on to two if there's any conflict of interest tonight. None for me. None for me. No. None. We'll move on to three. We'll need a motion to approve the consent agenda through A, a through D. I'll move to approve consent agenda items A through D. I'll second that. Got a motion and a second. Any questions or discussion? Curtis, what, how much are the claims? I emailed it to you, but it's... $89,750. Yeah, I'll Thank you. Anything else? If not, Jamie, you call for a vote. Mailer. Yes. McGinty. Yes. Bernie. Yes. Bernie. Yes. Harry. Yes. Next item is we're going to open the public meeting on the proposed modifications to the Sac City zoning map. Anybody here wants to speak or has questions or? Dave? Well, I was uh, I was talking to some people and they didn't really know about any of this. And um, uh, there were people that were close to it. Um, I my question with with that regard would be why wasn't there a notice in uh, like a reminder, a bigger notice, an announcement, something? The only place I saw it was in the legals. It was just a little public hearing notice. Put in the paper like you tab, didn't it? it? It was just done according to whatever law is. Whatever the rules are, it's in the paper according to yeah. how it's supposed to be. But, uh, you know, a lot of, all the people I talked to, with the exception of Kids World, didn't even know about it. My concern is. And, and I, I'm not too up, I'm not for or against, okay? But my concern is we have children in all these buildings around the area. Any morning, you'd love to come up and race with, the, with some of the mothers to the school and out. It's a definite lot of traffic. And my, I'm, I'm really worried about the kids. I'm, I'm going to be real honest about that. And the traffic that we have. We have a lot of traffic on the road. So... I'm, like I said, I'm not two or four. I'm just saying these are my concerns as a children. And people get their mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave. And then I have a uh, concern about uh, why this uh, commercial, uh, whatever, whatever it will be, would be located between Kids World and uh, Brookbridge Apartments with the school across the street. I think people would welcome new business, but why in that location? I can't answer that because we don't even know technically if there is going to be a business there yet. The biggest reason is it's the city owns that ground and right. we're just trying to make every possible option for growth available. I mean, the only, the only thing we're after is try to make Sac City better, do what's best, and try to grow is all we're after. I mean, that's really the well, I'm all show. for that. You bet. It's it's just uh, how we do it. Because we're limited how much land we, as the city owns, and only some of it's actually usable. We want a lot of ground that's not usable. So, I mean, that spot is actually usable. It's uh, Sac City, uh, 
want to be in the real estate business or do they just happen to come by to do the do these properties every once in a while or how does that work? This land we've had you know, I got it. They've had that land probably ever since the kids were acquired it. Some land we acquire if we tear down a house, we have small lots. But I mean the biggest problem we run into is we don't have much land available to use for productive reasons, you know. Uh, well, if you set out outside of city limits, like just outside the city, are there places there that would look, you know, like the northeast part here, or, you know, um, I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, yeah. yeah. A lot of that's ground, and you'd have to get the people that own it to sell you their ground, and some of them aren't going to give up their farm ground for it. And you want the city to be in the city limits so they get tax dollars. You yeah, have to annex it all into Megan City, too. Well, I see. Or utilities to it, yes. Okay. There's a lot of catches to all that. Yeah. Uh, and then I. And, um, yeah. This, uh, uh, Larry kind of explained to me about this new zoning, this Z3. We need an explanation of what exactly that means commercial, residential. C2. To me, it seems like it should be one or the other. The C2 that you can use either way, right? It can be used. For housing or business, you got an extra sheet there. If you want to figure that, Jamie. So the C two commercial zone. So here would be the permitted uses. Okay. Would be there. So currently it is zoned R two. Right. So anything that is currently zoned for is not going to change. It would allow additional usages. Okay. Beyond. beyond so you could you can have a copy of that. I mean, that's can like, you get copies for the ladies here too? Sure, I will do my copies. When is it commercial zoning and residential zoning? Well, I'm sorry, I'm ignorant on this. I have a church beside me. I don't know what he is. So there's a there's lots of rules when it comes to zoning. So resident, like a you have an R1 district and an R2 district. An R1 district's primarily used for single family homes, but it also allows for uh, churches, schools, things like that. Um, R2 district its primary purpose is for. Uh, like apartment complexes, things like that, uh, multi-family housing, uh, and then it also allows for single-family housing in there. And then it expands to C2. C2 allows for R1 single-family homes, R2 multi-family apartments, and some commercial businesses. Uh, but you also within there have a C1, which is just your downtown district. And then it moves up to light industrial and then heavy industrial. Now, with regard to C2, is this uh, what you would commonly call uh, light commercial? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, technically, technically, if a Walmart or somebody wanted to come in there, they could, if, if the Planning and Zoning Commission approved it, Yeah. Um, but usually in a town like this, you're going to get small retail shops if you get them all. 
and then another concern I have is uh, if, if this is the zoning that you are going to, is this one of those things where houses would go down, commercial buildings would go up? Because we don't have much housing here anyway, you know. Well, so the the C2 district will allow anything that is there now. There's no intent of taking any existing housing stock down. Okay. In fact, if you look further on in our agenda, you see that we are considering by purchasing additional lots, trying to incentivize new housing. We recognize that housing is a major need in the community. And uh, the and I don't I don't think this has been necessarily approached willy-nilly, shall we say. I mean, I know probably five years ago there was, well, in fact, before that, before I was on council, which I guess is approaching eight years, when I was on planning and zoning, we were talking about where, what areas do we feel need to, you know, where is a logical growth pattern for the city? Discussions with... Um, this is more through hometown pride, but we met with Lakeview, and we were talking about, you know, what can we do to bring communities together? And looking at, we have VT on one end, we have Evapco on another end. And yeah, there's a lot of traffic there, but I think a lot of this is probably a result of people going to VT, going to Evapco, I mean, because a lot of the Evapco people live here. And recognizing we wanted to try and build out that way to begin to build, so we say, almost a bridge between the communities so that there is, and you look at one end of it, you're getting a wine, you're getting wineries, you're getting um, some of the other kind of things that are happening down yeah. there. And this, I think, as has been planned, is kind of a logical extension that is connecting to what we have as a commercial district and just extending it sort of down the one side of the street. I mean, it's, is there any intent to take down any house? No. Okay. Is there any intent, will this affect taxes? No. Will this change anything that is currently there? No. Will it add some options for what could be done? Yeah. Do we have anything in, in hand that is saying we're going to do something with it now? No. Have there been people that expressed interest in the property? Yeah, there have been several that have expressed some interest in it. And one of the things that I guess I as a council member look at is, and I need to say this quickly, increasing tax base. Not increasing taxes, but increasing the tax base. The more that we have that are paying property taxes in the community, the more money that we have that we can pay for things like police protection. And things that, I mean, that, you know, because what's happening is the community size decreases as we lose some of these things. And as the state is changing some of the funding that we're getting, we're going to have to be pretty creative to say that we're going to maintain a funding mechanism so that we can continue to provide the quality of life to our sex city residents that they come to enjoy, and I would dare say expect. So, you know, the... Notifications, yeah, could we have done something larger? Yes. Did we do what was legally required? Yes. The idea that um, 
the zoning changes there. That's why we're having a public hearing. And thank you all for being here and expressing concerns. It's not really going to change anything that you currently can do. And it potentially could open up some other avenues for some business and some things. And as we're looking at other potential housing growth, I mean, that might open some avenues to things that are happening elsewhere. If we're looking at moving further west in the community, you know, that's kind of an extension that we maybe need to do. And it's, you know, planning and zoning. The planning part of it comes before the zoning, and I know that um, our city rep for planning and zoning is here, and the chair of the planning and zoning commission is here, if I'm wrong. Well, and I, we've got two planning and zoning members here, actually. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that probably the planning part of it went, went ahead of recommending the zoning change. And the plan is that, okay, we, if you look at, if you look at the map and if you look at this kind of color of pink that is here, we've got, we've got things going out along North Right? We've got things going the next direction of the city. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, you've got kind of this, you've got this going on this street, basically it's just kind of contiguous all the way through. And I think that, that I think is the, the thought process that went into it. Yeah, that I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's, so I mean, I think, so I think it's, it's, not that this is just suddenly something that crept up overnight because somebody wanted to do something, but I think it's come about as a result of a planning process. And the planning, I believe, came before the zoning recommendation. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, the people were there, but I think that that's, that's would, been my, my understanding. But would you please keep in mind, children are in most of those buildings. We've got two apartment buildings, we have kids' world. They take them across that road every day to school. With the elementary we have. Just keep in mind the kids. That's my concern. And, and the urban is really full, too. I mean, and then we, we have 16th Street, which gets pretty congested sometimes. No, I, I, would, I would, you know, I, you know, I agree. And I mean, yeah. I think you could, and, I mean. And if a business does go there, it doesn't have to enter through that 16th Street. It can enter from the side street, too. Well, that's that was that's, that's a possibility. Which side street? Which side street would that be? The uh, line lives on the end of. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't think that would maybe no. be possible. Uh, I believe that. I think he's right. Have you ever driven that? Well, you know, it's not that much of a thing. But I don't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. With apartments over there, sometimes you know, I pull out. You know, I'm going to pull out of my driveway, and then we, you know, I wait. You know. And if you double that, well, you know, then, you know, it can really, it can really change. Um, I, I, myself, my own view is I'd like to see, see the city get more aggressive with housing. And if you want to do this bridge, you could probably, you know, I don't know. I know farmland's going for a premium, but if you, if you, you could go further south, uh, you got new jobs coming to, to the area, you know, but that's just one man's opinion. Is there anything that precipitated this at this time? Is there a request from somebody? Uh, is there a business that's looking at it? Is there, I mean, what's... There's, there's been 
a couple places that have been. A couple hit. places? Can you be more specific? Not really. Can you be more specific as to. Commercial your... places. Okay. And that's the issue. It's, it's difficult in that spot for residential development. Um, the commercial development, we've had interest. And that's part of the overall plan and expanding some of the commercial areas. With that being kind of an artery, like we're saying, between Lakeview and, and Sac City, that was the next logical place to do an expansion. Just trying to make everything better. Housing. If there's more businesses, it's all good. Yeah. And just a clarification, I'm, you know, the routine that we have followed, you know, as far as, you know, any business or commercial or, or whatever coming in, and I'm just saying that this has been a practice in the past not to divulge names of you know potential businesses coming in until they yeah, agree to I understand that. And, that was just a little and, too vague. And, and I don't know, you know, I personally don't know, you know, of any confidentiality. I haven't been involved with that part of it. So, uh, but that's just been the routine that we have followed. Uh, I have one more question. Uh, when it comes to the impact of these things, uh, streets, utility capacity, the entrance, exit, traffic flow, the the hydrology, the you know it's a little low over there, so the water has to go somewhere. The, you know, I and I don't know anything about garbage recycling, but how how does have you? all thought through the impact of all these things, how it affects the neighborhood and that kind of thing. And the neighborhood being the people, you know, the people in the neighborhood. If there was, Maybe, if there was a proposed development, the that company's engineer usually sends stuff to us, and what right. I would do is forward it to the city's engineer, and they'll look at it and mm -hmm. concur if that works or not, and fits with all of our requirements. Okay, <laughs> and that, that goes the whole building permit process and all that. All right. Um, I, I just, you know, my wish is that you consider the people in the neighborhood first before you, you know, get, you know. I, I know sometimes you, there's times when somebody wants to come to town and everything gets to be fever pitch. But I just, I just want to make sure that you, you know, you all think through all these things first. That's my concern. I think we would have to look at the hydrology. We would have to look at any of those things. Even with current usage, if someone were to build another apartment building next to Brooklyn, would we have to add more sewer capacity? Would we have to add more water capacity? I, that that's outside of my area of expertise. That's why we would and have an issue. The streets and all that. Who who pays for all that? Is that a you take that out of the general fund or do you? you there would be several possibilities for paying for it. Um, the street, it, it, depending on what is there. If there's something that's just going right off of the street, and there's and all of the monstrous driveways or something like that. Yeah. Just as if you're building your home, the people building it would pay for that. If we had to run additional infrastructure like yeah. Who knows what the what a business would be would come there? If we were looking at something that was a very high water usage, if we wanted, if you're going to say we're going to put a major car wash or something, like that, we would have to run. We would have to run more water. <coughs> that would be part of it. 
and that would be a negotiated deal with Brother Smith. The other thing that would probably happen, or possibly happen with that, is we would look at forming a TIF district, which is a tax increment financing district for that, so that the taxes that are on the improvements on the property, and this could be in a residential area or a commercial area, those taxes would go back into that district, including maybe even for your houses, to make improvements in the area to make the whole neighborhood better mm-hmm. instead of taxing. Well, I uh, well, it may give you some comfort. I just wanted to mention too sure. is uh, so let's say this goes ahead and they change this to commercial two districts. If the so the city owns that lot. Right. That one lot, and if there was an interest in, in a company purchasing that, we as a city have to have a public hearing and announce who that's being sold to. Mm-hmm. So you'd know at that point exactly mm-hmm. what business would be going right. in there. And we have an open public hearing, and the public could come in at that time and either support or oppose it. And that would be a great time, too, to, to express a lot of the uh, concerns. So then you'd know, well, if it's this gigantic store that's going to bring in all the huge traffic jams and all that stuff, you'd know, at that point, you'd know exactly what the store's going to be or what their intent is. Okay. And so, if that gives you comfort, there's, this isn't, this is just one step in making that area more commercially viable, um, but it still has to have public input even when the city would go to sell city-owned property. Well, I so it's just to rezone it as commercial and if we ever wanted to do something with it, be, we'd have to go with Doris again. Yeah. And that's yeah. when you say, I don't like that or do like it or okay. I'm okay with it or not. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just a rezone. It ain't like you're giving us permission to do what we want with it. You know? No. Uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, my neighbors, you know, uh, we're not a real rich neighborhood. and I just don't want them being assessed, everybody assessed with, you know. The, that doesn't change. Your assessment will not. Okay. I can't say it won't change because my assessment on my house, without anything else around it, what has gone up, I think, 36% in the last four years. Okay. So I can't say that there won't be a change in your assessment because. No, what, what, no I, what but I meant there's was, not going to be a special assessment for any. Of the improvements that are there. Right, that's what I was getting at. There will not be a special assessment that would say your tax dollars are paying for improvements on an adjacent property. That's not, I mean, that is not going to happen. Is that I could see, and I don't think probably anybody else in the council would, would want to do that either. Right. Mean, it's not that we're asking the adjacent property owners to fund anything additional there. If, if anything, if the area were to become more attractive, I mean, they might say, okay, so your property values would rise because of things around you, Rose. But that would also mean that you'd be able to sell your house. Yeah. Well, I i don't think I'm going anywhere. Not willing, anyway. <laughs> well, I don't think I, I don't intend to either. But I, say that, I, mean, it, but I mean, what actually happens to the property values? Right now, properties in Sac City are rising. Yeah. And... You know, to say that you won't have an increase in assessment, I don't think any of us could say that. To say that there won't be a special assessment, that hasn't been the council's policy in the recent past to do special assessments. And even when they did, it was on street improvements, those kind of things that 
we're probably not on major arteries. So I don't think, uh, and I personally, I'm only speaking as one member, I personally am not a fan of special assessments. And I think we all use the space. One other point, too, on the commercial area is if we did do a tax increment financing, which doesn't change tax your tax rolls, it just changes the way it's distributed. Forty um, percent of that, approximately forty percent of that, has to go to low to, low to moderate income improvements in the community. So that forty percent could be used towards um, going into the more um, areas of the town that are lower income, and, and those funds can be used to rehab housing, improve the streets in that area, and things like that. Okay. So I mean, there's there's <laughs> positives and there's and there's drawbacks too. And nobody wants to endanger children. But um, I know I tend to drive faster by a vacant lot than I do probably by a business. Yeah, and some of them do, too. Yes, they do. I, I mean, know. I mean, if, 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 it's, yeah, wide, if it's wide open in 2020, I may have a hard <laughs> You guys want to corner John on the fast traffic? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't do it when they say police trucks well, are no, they, they, so. they slow down. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it is, it really gets bad. I yeah. can't get out of my drive. I, I never leave my house. But I patrol her every morning. I don't know if you see me every morning. I go around and around yep, and around. I know. <laughs> but they just, and some they people just see you coming. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's the way yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> tell by the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to But we put the radar signs there yeah. on that road. Yeah, and, right. You know, we're trying to slow it down. Yeah. I wonder how much traffic we actually have on that road. There's a lot. You have you have a VAP going, and ever since Highway 20 well, now, school. all the semis, school kids, school, school kids, truck yeah. traffic is the truck traffic. Yeah. And then look at the VAP goes doubling their size right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, you're going to get more, even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot of traffic. But on the plus side, that means that there are people going through town. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some of them pretty fast. Yeah. I'm trying to look at the half I know. There's nothing like having a totally ghost town look either. So. Right. Okay. Nothing else? Yeah. Close the hearing? Are we good? Or? I have one closing comment. Right. I would like to see uh, city government be open and transparent with its people. More so. Thank you.
move on to projects, the airport runway lighting project. A1 is a consideration Thank of the... Thank you. Thank you. A1 is a consideration of approval of amendment number two for the design, construction, observation, and testing associated with the PAPI cable realignment. Um, I need to put this amendment number two on here because there's actually a potential. She said it wasn't totally likely, but it was. there's a potential that uh, the uh, city, FAA, under the FAA grants, currently 100%. But it doesn't cover the amendment to this, but the, it would be covered by 90% um, of 35,000. So the 10% would be 3,500. Um, I did discuss that with uh, Matt Wallace and the airport commission, and uh, they were willing to pick up on their end. They have their own account that that costs of 3,500, but I did need an official approval from the city council because it's still city funds. We need to add that to the agenda. Mm -hmm. That needs to be added to the agenda. No, just it's on the agenda. Okay, gotcha. The motion or not? Where you where you at? No, you just need to approve amendment number two. Oh, it's in you don't need to explain everything I was saying. Right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to give you an explanation of why I put it on there is because they don't know for sure if, it, it, if it's a uh, if we'll have to do the ten percent or not. But the airport commission was in favor of the amendments. Well, so where they, the, where just, you just we just get in line and it should. We should get reimbursed instead, isn't it? She thinks we'll probably get to 100, percent but she could. She couldn't say it with certainty. Okay. So I told her, "Well, I need to run out by the council." Any any idea when we hear about whether it's 90 or 100? We won't know until she can't submit it until the council approves it, sure. the application. So we don't know until they approve it. But it's on eight hundred thousand dollars. I think thirty-five hundred is too bad. I would move approval of amendment number two for the design, construction, and observation and testing associated with the paper cable. Got a motion and a second. Any discussion? If none, Jamie, call for a vote. Mailer? Yes. McGinty? Yes. Brenny? Yes. Bruning? Yes. Perry? Yes. One to six. Now is the time. If there's any citizens, they have the opportunity to address the council on items that are on the agenda tonight. Think anyone? If none, we'll move on to miscellaneous. Consideration of resolution number 2021-20 entitled resolution approving certain fund transfers in the fiscal year 2021-2020-2021 budget. Yeah, I'll move passage of resolution 2021-20, approving certain fund transfers in the fiscal year 2020-2021 budget. All second. Motion and a second. Any questions or discussion on that? It looks like we, we had a pretty good year. Yes, our end of the year balances look very good. And it's wonderful to see some of the interdepartmental loans getting repaid. Thank you to the department heads and to Jamie and everyone for making that possible. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I'll kind of pass that on to the rest of the time. That's not good. <laughs> it's nice to see us paying off debts from 2007. Yeah, we're in the right direction. And the gas fund grew and 
Everything was good. Giving three hundred dollars, one hundred fifty to sewer, one hundred fifty to water for the community centers, the utility bill, lake or what? Yeah, this is approximately half, and I think the I talked to Brandon. I think that's what we came up with. It seemed pretty reasonable. Um, they had a few months ago, was it three or four months ago? Yeah, they had a pretty bad leak, and they couldn't had a hard, hard time finding it. And I thought it was buried maybe underground, um, but eventually, whatever it was, it stopped. Them. Fixed it so it's no longer it's, leaking. But yeah. they didn't know it or what? Well, they didn't know it initially, but then it, we still went a long time with it leaking because we did, they couldn't find where the leak yeah, was. They had no clue where it was at. And uh, there's some water lines apparently it's built underneath the basement or somewhere there that they couldn't access. They were they don't have to like jackhammer up a bunch of concrete to get to it. But wherever it was, they got it fixed. I don't know if they got it fixed or if it just quit. I'm not sure they even, I don't, it quit, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they ever found out what was that. They went in and threw the faucet off briefly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that was the first thing we asked at the board meeting. Is anything running? Yeah, see, I said already. Yeah. When I'm looking for leaks. Checking, the they check the stuff. toilets and they check faucets and they, yeah, they don't. No clue. I'll make the motion to forgive uh, the $300. 150 sewer, 150 water at the community center. I'll second it. Give a motion and a second. Any discussion? If none, Jamie, call for a vote. Burning? Yes. Perry? Yes. Miller? Yes. McGinty? Yes. Brenny? Yes. We want to see the consideration of resolution number 2021-23 entitled resolution authorizing the city clerk and city administrator of Sac City to be signatories on all of the United Bank of Iowa accounts. This is just housekeeping. It's something yeah. that we've never done. I got a call from that. Beth over there saying, oh, nothing ever got switched. So so oh. this is authorizing the position rather It would be the position, and in the future we wouldn't necessarily have to do it. So far as the best I'm going to leave or anything. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that it wasn't you we were talking about. <laughs> Just that, or what? Yeah. We gonna extend it? Yeah. All right. So I mean that that would be good. I'll, I'll make the motion for uh, resolution number twenty twenty one dash twenty three, entitled "The Resolution Authorizing the City Clerk and City Administrator to be signatories on all uh, United Bank of Iowa accounts." I'll second it. A motion and a second to approve. Any questions? Discussion? Oh, well, I see what you're saying, Bruce. Um, yeah, I, I had to put the name. I have to put the names on there because our auditors probably don't want that. Even if we change positions, I want the name on there. Like my name, her name. Yeah. 
Should be D and not E. We'll make it D. Fine, said E. Everybody's says D. Get the update. <laughs> 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 the consideration of approving the said city housing committee's request to purchase lots 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, the Fairview, Fairview Park Edition, Sexy Inc., Sexy Iowa, for a price of 35000 for all the lots and authorize the city administrator to sign documents authorizing payment and transfer of deed and title to those properties. That doesn't come up as Aaron Street. Hmm. That's Fairview Farm, Park Edition, but yeah, it's Aaron Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the in the plat. It's Fairview Park Edition. Right. That's actually the part. Yeah. yeah. That stretch. Well, it's it's that stretch is empty. Um, the housing okay. committee has been looking at. Ways that we can come up with incentivize some housing, shall we say? Uh, I know that Santa Development Corporation has talked about wanting to come up with a prison-built home. I'm not saying that's necessarily what will happen there, but um, this is one of the areas that has been identified as a place that number one utilities are pretty much there. Number two, they're vacant. And number three, getting somebody who's willing to sell it. Because a lot of the vacant lots in town are really nice football fields for the adjacent homeowner. And uh, this is an area that we felt would be advantageous to do that. Last meeting, I believe that we did include $20,000 from the gas fund used for housing incentives. And Jamie, we were originally talking about maybe doing three of the five lots. And it seemed more beneficial and economically solid to do that. The lots are a little bit narrow, so that we'll probably end up with three, possibly four lots instead of the five that are there. But I think looking at the critical need for housing, the need for places for people to build and looking at what other communities are doing to try and incentivize people to do that, if we can help provide some more affordable places for people to build, I think that that's the direction we should be doing. And I would, I would move the approving of the housing committee's request to purchase the property as listed and authorizing the city administrator to sign documents and authorizing payments of transfer of deed title to properties. I'll second that. Get a motion and a second to approve. Any discussion? Curtis? What are the cross streets? Where this is located? It's on Aaron Street. Aaron And, uh, I just clarification, the property is currently owned by uh, Hosting, yeah, Brothers. Hosting Brothers, I believe. Here, I can tell you just Hosting Brothers. Yeah, I don't have that correct. Farms, LLC. I think that's it. Hosting Brothers Farms, yeah, LLC. And the Sac City Housing Committee doesn't have $35,000, correct? Uh, other than what the city has given them through the gas fund, from what I just interpreted here? The well, city didn't give them the the gas fund money was going to be dedicated towards this. That's the twenty thousand, and the remainder will come out of the general fund. So it'll it'll all be city money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. It's not Sac City housing money. No. 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 So we, we, the housing committee is a, is a council appointed committee. That, correct. Yeah. So they're just advising the council that they support this. 
would like to see him. We're good? For now. Alright, for now. <laughs> Jamie and Carl are home. Mailer? Yes. McGinty? Rooney? Yes. Rooney? Yes. Perry? Yes. Move on to Council Forum. Just, just out of curiosity, I hear around the world gas or natural gas prices, well, as well as regular gas are going up. What do you hear from our, our gas uh, man at, at company? Well, luckily we purchased most of ours on a forward contract, so ours, our gas rates stay steady. Good. Um, and we've already bought our gas, most of our gas for the, the winter eating season, so any we get allotted so much per day. And if, it's, if, if you get a real big cold snap or something, then we might have to buy some spot prices. Um, but overall, it, it, I think it'll, it might go slightly, but it's not going to be. Um, I haven't got a phone call from our broker, and it, he would call me if it was if he thought anything was on the horizon. But yeah, we purchased most of ours on contract, so we're not subject to the whims of the market. How did that ever come out last year when they stiffed us in their area and beat a lawsuit? And that is all going through the Iowa Attorney General's office, and still I suspect they probably won't do very much about it. Because okay. there was a chance yeah. we might see some out the back. But uh, I will say, Sac City, and I was told this at the, the gas conference myself, that Sac City had, as far as municipal gas, had the lowest municipal gas rates in Iowa uh, during that during that horrible time, and, and that's because doing the forward thinking, forward purchasing. So the cities actually had to borrow a ton of money to compensate yeah, yeah. to keep up with it. Yeah, there were some cities that had to borrow six figures, seven figures. Yeah, and, and a lot of those rates just went sky high. Mm-hmm. Yep, it went from over six or seven dollars a decatherm up to seven hundred dollars a decatherm. <coughs> Only thing I had to throw out there too is a couple of three weeks ago I was here and did things about uh, Dylan Bruns. He's been doing a lot of volunteer on the path. And I just wanted to put a shout out to thank him for all his extra work. And I think overall, the, all the city employees of I feel stepped up their game, and I really think we're in a good spot right now. I do too. Is what I see and hear, I just think things are people are doing well. Yeah, I've had a couple people mention him, and so I told, I said I'll probably gonna put a letter in his file. Something needs to be. Yeah, he's he's got a lot. Yeah, he's made the trail out there at the cemetery all mm-hmm. on his own. Yep, yep. Now he's gonna work across the river too mm-hmm. because we've got permission from uh, Clayton Zimmer to put a gate up there so four wheelers can't go in there on his property. Then they were going across the river to the cemetery trail and carrying them. He says yes, by all means. He's for you know for him to come in across his foot traffic to come across his and make a trail over there too. It it looks really nice down there, but that new boat access mm-hmm. and the trail looks really nice. He's done an excellent job. And then if you he went, um, the city owns that land on the other side of the cemetery on the South Fifth yep. or North Fifth Street, and he went back in there and cleaned that up, and it looks really nice back there too. It would be easy for somebody to he want to go back there and fish or whatever. And I think he did that too, so the kayakers or canoers. He brought something up last week. He had a place to get out before the yeah. table. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted Bruce to talk about something. Yeah. But I'll mention that. But uh, speaking of Dylan, he approached me about uh, are there any grants available for 
trees uh, that could be planted, you know, along that trail area. And I told him about the Mid America grant. He was the Mid America, and we actually budget a thousand dollars too okay. for trees. So yes. So when you see Dylan, you might mention that the city does a thousand dollars along with Mid America. Mm -hmm. I believe that there was DNR and stuff has things too where they get they they not the greatest trees but they get free ones out. There's some money I believe in the community foundation that's made in trees that might be six hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. 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 Instead of ash trees. Don't plant any ash trees. Don't don't plant yeah. any <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're border resistant to ash trees. Yeah. Uh, one one thing and, and a thank you to the mayor for reminding me. Last meeting I had mentioned uh, you know, uh, the uh, Iowa Lake has their annual meeting uh, once a year, puts on a good conference with, you know, a lot of classes uh, and in-service, and they have a, a, a hall, you know, where different uh, vendors, you know, display their goods and, and meet with people. And I think these meetings also, you know, really uh, give an opportunity to intermingle with, you know, colleagues you know, on city councils, as administrators, and so on, that it really uh, is a good opportunity to, to exchange uh, ideas. And I asked last meeting, uh, Jamie and Bruce, and we kind of ran short of time to give me or give the council and, and our guests uh, some of the things that they'd picked up and perhaps some of the contacts they've made. And Bruce presented at the uh, meeting, so uh, you might mention something to that effect. And uh, next year, I hope to, something came up that I wasn't able to make it, but I really see a, a good value of, of these uh, uh, annual meetings. And, and uh, I think so, everybody should you know, try to attend at least one if they haven't already. So Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of different classes, and they kind of pinpoint clerks, they pinpoint administrators, they pinpoint council members. And I actually saw a lot for police officers. So we might be making John go through it next. But no, there really was. I talked to... But no, there was actually quite a few police officers, police chiefs that I saw there. I talked to them, and I met a lot of people from Tama. Some good people there. We went out to eat with JEL one night and just did some networking there. And yeah, I think the main thing that I got from it, just because I am so new and some of the things are a little over my head, but... It, it's the networking. You meet a lot of people and you get business cards left and right. And if you ever need help, give me a call. That's what they all say. So it's, it is. It's, it's great. It's a great resource. Right. I mean, there are a couple of connections I made. With, I know that I've talked to John Danos on the phone probably half a dozen times, but I had never met him. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, here we're doing this. Come here. Let's have a cocktail together. Um, talk to the people that do our front desk program. Oh yeah, Sex City is doing a great job. We're doing a it's kind of nice to do that. Talk to uh, at least three different engineering developer firms that do things. I've had the opportunity to get them all information about our current middle school. So this afternoon, you know, one of them had contacted me and said, Here, we'd like we'd like to meet with you and talk further about this. So I had a meeting this afternoon that resulted from that, and I think that that's a good thing. I did get to be a part of the panel discussion on the Shrink Smart Communities. That, well, what what things are happening in small communities can be an example for that. That room was, there were people sitting on the floor and they were turned away, which was 
sometimes they, I think that time they had five different sessions going on, so you never know who's going to show up. But did have a chance to showcase some of the really nice things that were happening in Sac City, a combination of video and, and images, and talked about what is there. Um, handed out brochures of Sac City, and interestingly enough, all but one of them was picked up and taken out of the room. And later on, people said, "Look at those parts." I can't believe, look at this brochure, we need to be doing this. So, I mean, people were noticing Sac City, and I think it was a good way to have people see that maybe this town is doing something and can be a bit of a leader among communities in the state. I was elected to the executive board as I will be. I'm just beginning serving on that. So that's, I think one of six towns will be across the state. See, are, are you on the legislative committee as well? For the, I, I, yeah, I'm also on the legislative policy committee, so I get to be one of the people that call some of the legislators and say, hey, you know, this is maybe a stupid idea. Um, we'll try to do it a little more tactfully than that, but um, and help devise some of the policies and some of the cities, new cities. And one of the big goals is making sure that the legislature doesn't do a lot of unfunded mandates. I mean, the Home Rule Amendment of the Constitution of Iowa is one of the few amendments that we really have. But it says that the laws that affect should be made by the people closest to the people that are there. And it seems like lately there have been a lot more things that are coming out from the state level saying, you must do this, but we're not going to give you the funding. So, I mean, trying to make sure that we maintain adequate funding and maybe a little bit of control so we can decide whether or not we really have to do some of these things. But I think the Iowa League is a great resource if you are not, you know, if you go to iowaleague.org, you can register to get their weekly legislative updates. You can get all these things that come in. It keeps you abreast of what's happening. And you can also go there. There, If you want to know information about how do we go about rezoning something, they will have 15 policy papers. Here, do this, do this, do this, and, and what steps you need to do. And I think it's a great, great thing to do. I guess the last thing that I would suggest people haven't done Every two years, they do a municipal leadership academy that I think is four sessions. One of them, I believe, is in person, maybe two, and the others are online. You know what? I'm sick of online classes, but you get a whole lot of information there. And I think just going back for a refresher sometimes is a good thing about, okay, here's an overview of city budgets. Here's an overview of what has changed. Here's here meeting policies. Here, you know, just some things like that, and it's well worth the four or five hours you're going to spend. The in-person ones happen regionally, so I highly encourage anybody to avail of that. And, and thanks also for you know uh, making it possible for registration and stuff. We'll do that. I think it's important we as council people, we as uh, city workers, uh, city leaders. I think it's important to stay abreast of what's going on. I'll get off my soapbox. Sorry. Is that uh, is the the next one? Is that going to be this year? The first municipal leader. The Municipal Leadership Academy will happen. No, it happens in the years when you have newly, when you have city elections. Mm -hmm. And typically, there might be one that happens between the November election and the January instant um, taking of office. Just the first step to say here. So this is this is some basics of city council. This is basics of budgeting. You know, very simple things that, and they're pretty good at presenting them. Saying, all right, so your city has as much in its checking account doesn't mean that this is all in the general fund. You've got, typically you have your utility funds. You've got, you know, I found the budgeting things were very, very helpful. 
Yeah, in fact, I think there was one whole section on budgeting. And it, well, I give you kind of an understanding of what the different pots of money can, or buckets of money can be used for and, and uh, the restrictions and, and so on. I think it was Mickey Shields that taught the first one I went to, and he said, well, so if you're married, you and your wife have a joint checking account. It doesn't matter what the money is. If you want something, you write it out of there, it all goes there. If you're a city, you keep track of this is your wife's money, this is your money, this is your joint earnings, this is, and, and they can't all be used for some. That's something I wish that we could get. Um, but I wish that we could get people to understand in the community that just because there's money in the gas fund doesn't mean that we can use it to fix your street. I did get, by the way, I got asked to be on the uh, Iowa City Managers Association Awards Committee, which is nice because I get to read. Oh, they have several awards like Young and Up and Coming, Best Projects, and all that stuff. So you get to spend some time reading uh, what all the other towns are doing. And a lot of times it's a good way to copycat them and piggyback it for us. Still, it's only the first week of December. I see him trenching today. Getting some wires. No, down here by the gazebo. I think the last part of November, the poles come, and then the first week of December, the arm and fixture come. So, this, Nate says as soon as they're here, they'll stand them up. So, as soon as they show up, we should have them up and running. Oh, is she going to do any more sidewalk this work, this fall? Well, uh, we. The last we kind of talked to them last week is, I was, it was brought to my attention a few weeks back that if you pour cement this late in the year and get sold on it, it's really hard on it. Yeah, yeah that's true. So our plan as of right now is when he, when he comes back in a week or two to work more, we're just going to make him do the bump outs and the pergolos and maybe do the sidewalks first thing in the spring, finish them. So I mean, our angle is to get all the pergolos and the bump outs done and then and then push it to the spring, probably, so we don't have to worry about sawing them. I see today they were down there, caught, they were going to cut up all the cracks, everything, so whatever salt gets on the new ones, it doesn't sit in those cracks and eat it up. Yeah, good idea. So they are filling all them now. I was going to mention, really quick here, because now everybody's on to go. I was going to mention, too, that Tom and I have uh, uh, talked to Fort Dodge Asphalt. Um, he came up and they did, they cored a few sections on. Ninth Street, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if anybody saw them, but they were out there. Oh, yep, and just oh, circular cores. And what we'd like to be able to, what initially we'd like to do is pave a portion of Ninth Street next year. Um, and the amount of paving will have to do with how the depths and all that stuff, how much we can afford. But um, when I did the cores, the and this is part of the problem, but the asphalt that was laid on top of that, it was there's a concrete road underneath it, like most everybody knows. And the asphalt's only about an inch thick, um, which you really need three. Um, but the, the problem we're probably going to run into is when we do to go when we go to repave, and we probably do asphalt on that. When we repave it, uh, we'll have to take off the top of that asphalt plus cut into that. We'll have to grind out some of that concrete so we can get to three inch base and not go over above the curbs. Um, so we're, we're still working for Ford Dodge to see, get some pricing on that. Because it all depends on, pricing depends on if we have to have an engineer and all that stuff involved with it. And we're trying to keep the price reasonable at this point. So um, we're kind of waiting to see what that goes. But it is our plan, I hope, 
to bring to the council sometime this winter that we'd like to repave a portion of 9th Street and start on Gishweller and working our way to the north. We did have a relatively informative meeting at least, mostly sectioned all the corporation people and there's a subcommittee from the school board trying to find a way forward for the middle school. We had our first meeting two weeks ago. Um, no decisions were made, but at least everybody seems willing to talk to each other and try to find a way to make something happen as we move forward. So we don't just have a big ugly building with nothing in it sticking in the old community. The Gallant owns a townhouse and an old filling station, the Lyle Apartments, so she didn't do anything. Um, not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen nothing. Done she's her. she's not beholden to the, the city anymore because she doesn't have any. We did, you know, that one time we'd forgiven a portion of the taxes on it. Well, she wanted to pay those because we recalled them. So what she does is her. Right, we're Second. Yeah, second to adjourn. That was quick. Quick at all. Mailer. Yes. McGinty. Okay, yeah. Ronnie? Yes. Bruni? Yes. Harry? Yes.